It is Wednesday, December 16th. This is Jaguars Happy Hour. Jaguars Happy Hour is presented by Fields Auto Group. And now, a guy for whom there is no vaccine, J.P. <laughs> Shadrick. <laughs> Welcome in. I don't know if that's a compliment or not. Uh, Jaguars Happy Hour presented by the Fields Auto Group on a Wednesday heading into week 15. The Jaguars are headed to the Inner Harbor. It's snowy up there today, but it should be cleared off by Sunday. And the Jags and the Ravens will get going Sunday at 1 o'clock at M&T Bank Stadium. We have a busy show for you today. As always, Bucky Brooks, NFL Network Analyst, and John Osher, Jaguars.com senior writer, join us. Minshew Mania returning? Yes, he's getting the start this week against those Baltimore Ravens. Against Calais Campbell, Yannick Ngakwe, and all the rest on the defensive side. Minshew today said that Ngakwe will be out for blood in Sunday's game, and I don't doubt it either. Three games to go in this season. The uniform unveiling, we'll hear from Jimmy Luck, head equipment manager, and we'll play big game Jaguar. Get you ready for Sunday's matchup in Baltimore. Bucky Brooks, John Ozier with us. Johnny O, what's up, man? Not a lot. Not a lot, JP. Here we are. I, I kind of laughed at the, at the out for blood comment, and I will get into that later as we talk about this game. <laughs> no doubt. Uh, Bucky, it's, uh, it's going to be an interesting matchup this week, seeing those guys on the other side. Yeah, very interesting matchup. Two guys will be highly motivated to take their uh, frustrations out on the Jacksonville Jaguars. It'll be interesting to see how that plays out. All right, guys, let's get right into it. Let's start with the quarterback position. It's the most important position. Now, when the team is 1-12 and, and has lost 12 in a row, I don't think there's anything that you can call a quarterback controversy that doesn't really qualify, but Minshew's getting the start again. Uh, he played in last week's game, came in, in the third quarter, and against some soft defenses, got some yardage, moved the offense down the field a bit. But, uh, Bucky, this is one where, hey, they've, they've got to try to find a spark somehow down the stretch here. So Doug Marone's going back with the mustache. <clears throat> yeah, this is all about the coaches trying to find a way to get a win. And, you know, they, they went with Mike Lennon for a handful of games, couldn't necessarily get it going, and it kind of started fading on him. You saw Garner Minshew jump in the game, lead the team on a drive for a touchdown, come back and kind of move the ball. And so they want to give him an opportunity. Now, it's typically different uh, when Minshew comes in off the bench as opposed to when he starts a full game and everyone knows. So we'll see how he deals with this Baltimore Ravens defense that likes to bring pressure from all angles. It had been an issue for him early in the year. Maybe he's matured. Maybe he's a better player against the Blitz now. We'll find out, John, in a hurry. Well, JP, you said there's no controversy. I'll tell you what the controversy is. Why don't they have a better quarterback somewhere? <laughs> so, I mean, I'm not trying to be snide about it, but that's the controversy, is they don't have a guy that they feel good about starting. So I've said all week, I've gotten a lot of criticism in, in my ozone mailbag about why doesn't Doug make a decision? He keeps on saying this. He keeps on saying this. When you don't have a frontline guy, all a coach can do is keep playing guys, hoping somebody plays like a frontline guy for a game or two. This week's choice is Gardner Minshew, but it, it's not more than that. That's not what the, that's not what the controversy is, not who's starting. It's why are they in this situation? Hopefully they get it solved in the offseason. 
I'm fired up, Buck. I'm fired up. Okay, I like it, Jay. Or when you when you fry it up, so you just keep the energy up. Keep the energy all sixty minutes. <laughs> all sixty minutes. We've got a long conversation, of course, this off season about that position uh, moving ahead, and of course, a running game is quarterback's best friend. When things aren't going well, you can hand it off to James Robinson. He's over one thousand yards rushing for the season, and closing in now on Fred Taylor's rookie franchise rushing mark of. 1,223 yards back in 1998. It feels like he's going to get close to that, if not surpass it very soon the next couple weeks. You know, and and Gardner said this week he's been great for his fantasy team, Bucky, and he's got him deep into the playoffs, which is a good sign. But Mr. Consistent, James Robinson week after week, and we say it every week. Yeah, he's been terrific. Uh, Normally, you don't think of an undrafted player being the top option in the offensive game plan, but James Robinson is that. Uh, you just see it. I mean, over 1,300 scrimmage yards. He's been a terrific player, and he hasn't had the negative runs. And so when you've given him the ball, he has found a way to keep this team, this offense on schedule. Uh, I think the future is bright for James Robinson. I think they may have uncovered really a great one in the undrafted free agent market. Two negative runs last week, so 14 for the season now, John. And, uh, you know, that's one of those where it it looked like the Titans last week weren't going to let him get rolling early. So uh, the Jags kind of went away from him in that second quarter a little bit. But I don't know how much more we can say about James and his play this year, John. Well, I think they went away from it because at some point, and and I've seen this a couple of times this year, people always say, run James Robinson, run James Robinson. Well, if the defense is completely stacked against a running back, it's hard to just beat your head against the wall every play. If you look, if you analyze what the other team's doing and you continue to run something that's not going to work, then that's negligent on the part of the coaching staff. So I think they saw in the first half, look, they are trying, they're doing anything they can to stop this guy. We've got to go another route. Even if logic tells you that James Robinson's their best player, you still have to be able to come off that. That's going to be Gardner's challenge uh, the rest of the season as long as he plays. Too often in the first seven games, he really couldn't get the defense back with his throws. Everything was bunched up. The checkdowns made everything happen within 10 or 12 yards. For James Robinson to be successful the last three games, they've got to keep pushing that defense back with throws. We haven't really seen that out of Gardner, but I think that's the storyline against the Ravens for the Jaguars' offense on Sunday. All right, let's get into this Ravens defense uh, here, guys. It's uh, Patrick Queen leads the way in tackles. They uh, don't quite have, you know, they brought in Ngakwe in the trade, but he hasn't really done a lot statistically with the Ravens yet. Calais Campbell's been, is just a veteran player trying to fight through some things. Bucky, what stands out the most about this Ravens defense? Uh, I think their aggressiveness, their physicality, and maybe the multiplicity of what they do under Wing Martindale. This is a team that wants to heat you up about 42% of the time. They bring pressure, and then they follow it up with what they call simulated pressures, where it ends up being a four-man rush with seven in the coverage. But they bring so many different people from so many different angles. It really tests the awareness and the acumen of the quarterback. And so I think the blitz and bluff strategy that the Ravens will employ against Garner Minshew is going to be a difficult one because if they get home early and they hit him a couple of times, he could begin to see goals because you just don't know where the guys are coming from and how many are coming. 
Yeah, it, it is going to be uh, quite a challenge this week. It's a challenge every week. We know this. We've said this on this program before. But uh, with, with that kind of defensive setup, John, uh, a challenge for Minshew. Yeah, the Ravens, to me, feel like a team that they're not a Super Bowl favorite this year. I talked to Clifton Brown, who covers them in my role. Uh, they're not a favorite going in. But with a couple of tweaks, with a couple of things, they're a group that could still do it. There's a group of teams that could still do it. One of the tweaks they have to make is getting their run defense right. They're used to being able to stop the run, and, that's the fr- and they rely on that. They assume they can stop the run most years. They haven't been able to do that this year. They're very talented, as Bucky said, but that's been a little bit of a blind spot for them that they haven't been able to fix. If they fix that, then all of a sudden they're back to last year where they're one of the favorites going in. I, I, you know, I, I don't want to be Joe Pessimist, um, but to me, overall, this feels like a tough matchup. The only hope the Jaguars have is that the Ravens' run defense, which has struggled, somehow can't figure out James Robinson, and he's able to control clock. They're able to keep that off the field. Maybe that sets Minshew up for some plays. That's the hope, and that's okay because James Robinson's a good hope, but you just get the idea that as one-dimensional as the Jaguars' offense feels, the Ravens are good enough defensively to stop one dimension. All right, let's get a little deeper into the former Jag talk here. Calais Campbell and Yannick Ngakwe. Uh, Andrew Norwell is going to excuse me, practice this week, and Doug Marone seemed pretty positive that he'll be able to play on Sunday. That's a good sign in the interior there. Um, well, Calais had, what, a three-sack game uh, a while back, like week six of the season, but hasn't done a lot statistically since then, Bucky. What kind of season has Calais had in Baltimore? Well, there's been a little up and down. I think some of it is the transition into a new defense. Some of that has been dealing with injuries and the like. But I think this team is positioned to really lean on him as they make the dash for the cash, meaning they make their run for the postseason. If this team gets into the postseason because they can play a style that is really different and unique, they can be a handful. The offense speaks for itself with Lamar Jackson at the controls running around like a madman. But defensively, because of the combination of pressure, uh, the personnel that they've had, and then the experience because they played in a number of big games. This is a team that I would watch out for. All right. And then Yannick Ngakwe, John, we, we mentioned it at the top. He, uh, Gardner Minshew thinks he's going to be out for blood this week. But so far in Baltimore, seven tackles, one sack, two quarterback hits for Yannick Ngakwe, a former Jaguars third-round pick. Yeah, very quickly, I'll touch on Calais real quick so I do have a thought on that. He, the Ravens got him for what's coming up, not what's in the rear view. You had to know when you're going after a guy like Calais at his age, he probably wasn't going to give you 19 games, which is what the Ravens want to play, because of his age. That's the reason the Jaguars let him go. Last year, he had a three-set game against Tennessee, didn't really do that much the rest of the year. Similar situation for the Ravens this year, but if he plays well the last six games, they hope, then it's a great trade for the Ravens. As far as Unique, you know, he's a baffling story in a lot of ways. He gets traded to the Vikings. They trade him five weeks later, feel like their run defense got better after that. Unique's not playing a whole lot because of sort of what the knock on him was. Not a great run player, just a pass rusher. 
having trouble getting on the field. So I guess he'll be out for blood. I hope for his sake that he gets on the field throughout his career and has a great career. But right now, not the impact player the Ravens had hoped for, but that's what he is. He's a great pass rusher and not a great run defender, Buck. Yeah, when I think about Yannick, I, I think of him as kind of a complimentary pass rusher, meaning that you have someone in place and he is on the backside kind of eating off of their leftovers. When I look at uh, what they have in, in Baltimore, they certainly have those pieces in place for him to be able to do so. But it's a matter of him getting really, really comfortable in Wink Martindale's scheme. So he may not be an A-plus player, but he's certainly a nice B-plus with, with, with a bullet. He can be a guy that can take over games and create chaos if you don't have the guys on the edges that can handle that speed. Well, just keep running the ball and uh, stay in those favorable situations down in distance and uh, see if they can take advantage of that against the Ravens this week. Hey, let's come back. Hey, guess what? The Ravens can run the football, too, on offense. <laughs> we'll get into their offensive scheme and Lamar Jackson's play this year and how the Jaguars' defense matches up. Jaguars Happy Hour is brought to you by Fields Cadillac of Jacksonville and Fields Cadillac St. Augustine, members of the Fields Auto Group. And it's Jaguars Happy Hour on the Jaguars Digital Network. You can step up to luxury now. Hello, I'm Dan Fields. Whatever you're driving, you can step up to luxury now. Plus, get our Fields amenities, which include complimentary loaners, car washes, and our cafes. Make this your year to step up to luxury at Fields Cadillac, Mercedes-Benz, Porsche, Land Rover, Jaguar, and Lexus. When it comes to the ultimate car buying experience, there's only one name that matters, Fields. And Fields matters because you matter. The Fields Auto Group, proud partners of your Jacksonville Jaguars. You won't find a better deal to keep your ride clean than Scrubble's Flexible Service Car Wash. Start in the tunnel wash and experience state-of-the-art equipment while enjoying a soapy light show. Our quality soaps and solutions keep your vehicle streak-free. Every three-minute car wash package comes with self-serve vacuuming, lint-free towels, window cleaner, and a free air freshener. Visit us at the St. John's Town Center, Fleming Island, and Atlantic Beach. And coming soon to Kernan in Atlantic. Trust the bow tie. You'll know quality once you arrive. Go Jags! The wait for the holidays is over, America. It's time to make some joy. And we're here to help with the Ford Built for the Holidays sales event. We're offering the best deals of the season across the Ford lineup, so you can road trip with the whole family comfortably in a Ford Expedition. Bring home a tree that's bigger than you ever have with a Built Ford Tough F-150. And find new ways to make the holidays bright this year when you visit your local Ford dealer. The joy is up to you, America, so let's get to it. Ford, Built for the Holidays. Jaguars Happy Hour is presented in part by TIAA Bank. Created to serve, built to perform. Publix, where shopping is a pleasure. And Baptist Health, changing health care for good. Welcome back. Jaguars Happy Hour presented by the Fields Auto Group on a Wednesday afternoon heading into week 15. The Jags and the Ravens coming up. The Jaguars had some uh, late-breaking transactions just a few minutes ago. Well, the other day, they placed Ben Barch, the left guard, on the reserve COVID-19 list. 
Well, they've now added another player to the reserve COVID-19 list. Cornerback Trey Herndon has been added. Brandon Linder has been placed on injured reserve with that ankle injury. So it sounds like he's done. So uh, Herndon and, and Bart's two players now, John, on the COVID-19 list. And uh, I think that's the most uh, impact the starting group has had this year on the list. Yeah, it feels like it. I'm trying to remember the rest of the year. It, uh... It may have been a practice squad deal before that. Um, it was. What you hope is it's not more. Uh, you, you know, one today, one yesterday. You hope that's the extent of it. You can probably get through what they've had so far. Uh, Herndon's certainly a loss. Uh, but it's, it's what teams have been dealing with. And I think a lot of teams would say, well, welcome to the club. Especially the Ravens, who've dealt with it as much as anybody. Right. The Ravens would know, Bucky, because they just went through this recently. Yeah, they, they would. And they're going to be, then that won't be very sympathetic to the Jaguars' plight if they have a handful of guys that have to sit out because of contract, contact tracing or anything like that. And so this is a situation where all year coaches have had to be adaptable. They've had to be flexible. They've had to prepare the practice squad guys more now than ever. And so hopefully, they have put practices in place where they give those guys enough rest where they can be comfortable. But it's one of those things where we've seen stranger things happen this year, and you have to be ready to have your backups play and play a prominent role in the game. All right, so there you have it. Two players now for the Jaguars on the reserve COVID-19 list. Ben Barch the other day, and then just now Trey Herndon, Jaguars cornerback, placed on there as well. We'll keep you posted on any other changes there. Let's get to the Baltimore Ravens offense against this Jaguars defense. You know, we, we always talk about being gap sound and being in the right place on defense. Well, certainly the case this week when you have Lamar Jackson who can pull it out of his running back's belly and run on his own for 70 yards and a touchdown. This guy is uh, the MVP of the league, of course, a year ago. And Bucky, I mean, they're starting to roll with him. And, you know, there was some in the middle of the season. He wasn't throwing the ball exceptionally mm -hmm. well. There was a lot of talk out of Baltimore, but that seems to have waned a little bit since they're starting to get back in the race. You know, the Baltimore Ravens are, I mean, they're an explosive offense. They're explosive in a, in a different light. When John Harbaugh made the change to this offensive style, he said, we want to be the army of the NFL. And so if you look at army games, there's a lot of ground and pound. I mean, all ground and pound. And that's what the Ravens, when they're doing that, that's when they're at their best. Lamar Jackson running the ball. They're giving it to three or four running backs in the backfield. They're coming downhill with these power gap schemes and misdirections. And it puts your defenders at the front line in a bind. And so the Jaguars have to think about one, they got to match their physicality and toughness. Two, they have to be gap sound and really understand where they're supposed to be in terms of the overall fit of the defense. And three, you got to be able to tackle. And tackling number eight in space has been a challenge for everyone in the league his first three seasons. We'll see if the Jaguars are up to the challenge. Yeah, John, he can light you up in a hurry. Well, and you can be as gap sound as you want against this guy, and he can make you miss in a gap and go. So that's that's what makes him special. I. I I knew he had run for a lot of yards. I kind of re-looked it up. Uh, 1,200 last year. That's staggering for a quarterback. Uh, this offense is different. The flaw in it, obviously, is if it falls behind, meaning the Ravens, it, it, it can be difficult 
for it to catch up if it gets in that sort of a game. Uh, can the Jaguars make them fall behind? Uh, the, the cynics out there, Bucky, at 1-12 would have you say probably not. I mean, they can. So I think, <laughs> I think here's the thing that you have to understand when you're dealing with the Baltimore Ravens and Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson is at his best. We can talk about him being a dynamic runner. They basically are running the single wing. They want to put it in his hands as a runner 10 to 12 times and allow him to impact and influence the defense. Because when they begin to chase him, that's when they hand it off to Mark Ingram, Gus Edwards, J.K. Dobbins, and have a lot of success. In the passing game, it is really important for the Jaguars to jam the middle of the field. Lamar Jackson is at his best throwing inside the numbers. If you can force him to throw the ball to the boundary, outside, and down the field, he struggles in that area. Going all the way back to Louisville, that has been his Achilles uh, tendon. And so that's been his Achilles heel. So you have to play them in a specific way. Because the Jaguars play a single high defense, that could work in their favor. But now it's about can you execute the game plan? Because they don't know what to do, but can they get it done? That is what Todd Walsh has to figure out. Edwards and Dobbins have been getting a lot of the, the running back play. And Ingram, I think, has been banged up a little bit this year. Bucky, what's his story? You know, here's the thing with Mark Ingram. Uh, J.K. Dobbins is by far their most talented and most explosive runner, but they still want to do it by committee because Ingram brings some value as kind of what I call kind of like the trash can runner, the garbage runner. He gets all the dirty yards, does all the stuff in between the tackles, but he doesn't have the explosive potential of some of the other guys, but he still has value. And so when I look at this team and I look at him, he plays a key role, but they're better when J.K. Dobbins and Gus Edwards are handling the bulk of the carries. So the uh, Jaguars' defense is, well, walking wounded to begin with. We've talked about this over the last few weeks. And uh, now with uh, another addition to the COVID-19 list, this is a thin group to begin with. And, uh, John, it is, it's a challenge every week. But against a group like this, it just becomes more and more challenging as the weeks go on, especially when you're losing players. Yeah. I'm not sure how much more there is to analyze. When you think about it in this way, losing Trey Herndon, the good news is it sounds like you're getting Clay Brooks back. So you're not down ridiculously at the cornerback position. You know, they're already down so far. I don't know that there's a huge talent drop off anymore when they lose guys because they're plugging guys in. You know, not in the case of Trey Herndon, but it, and a lot of times you're plugging rookie free agent in for rookie free agent now so unless you lose miles jack unless you lose you know uh showbert i don't know that you're losing anything you can't replace because it's such a struggle they're working so hard they're playing so hard that you got to give them credit the key is it can try hard beat the ravens and you know you know, try hard has faded in the fourth quarter and earlier the last two or three weeks uh, yeah, I, I, I'm not sure if X's and O's breakdown can say much more than what I just said. They're depleted, and you wonder how long they can hold up against an offense as talented as the Ravens. Wow. Where they are, Bucky. I mean, Where they it, are. I mean, they, yeah, we, we, we are definitely depleted. I would say the one, the saving grace for the Jaguars potentially could be the struggles of the Baltimore Ravens offensive line. They struggle when they are put into long-yarded situations, when it's obvious passing downs. They're just not good enough up front. 
And so if Ty Wash is able to do some things on early downs to get them behind the chains, maybe be a more aggressive first down blitz team, that could play into the Jaguars' hands because the pass rush might be able to just affect Lamar Jackson a little bit. And we've seen when they have eyes and vision and play vision and break coverage, they could have an opportunity to get their hands on some balls. It does feel like, though, that the Ravens are on the verge of a little run here at the end of the season to get into the playoffs. I mean, after that win Monday night, that game was spectacular. And the way they won the game, that gives a team momentum, John, if you can get it going. Well, they're, I guess I would call them desperate. It, you know, they're in absolute must-win mode. Their schedule lays out that they can win the rest of their games. And they have to. So when you combine that with being a veteran team, when you have guys like Calais, they have enough veterans on that team that they know what has to be done. They know how they want to play. That's also important late in the season. I look at this game very similar to the Titans game last week from the Jaguars' perspective. The Titans knew in that game that if they kept running Derrick Henry, that eventually it was going to break meaning they were going to eventually get success in that because the Jaguars didn't have the stamina to hold up. They knew doing that that the Jaguars were not going to be a team that could get way ahead of them on offense. They didn't fear the Jaguars' offense to play that way. Well, that's the way the Ravens play anyway. So uh, I don't want to call it the toughest matchup because I'd be disingenuous. I thought Steelers were tough. Green Bay is tough. This is right up there with the tough matchups the second half of the season. Uh, They need breaks early, the Jaguars do. They need turnovers early, some stops you don't expect, and and somehow get a lead to make them somehow get out of the Ravens game. Yeah. I mean, I think you're... It was was an impressive win Monday night. Go ahead. No, no, I I think you outlined it. It has to be one of those where the Jaguars play at a level early where they can put them in a hole. Uh, If you can put them in a hole and make Lamar Jackson have to operate as a passer, that is your best bet. Otherwise, if you have to play them even Steven head up. I don't know if the physicality and toughness exist enough from us to be able to get that done. So, um, Jags Ravens coming up Sunday at M&T Bank Stadium in Baltimore, Maryland, a one o'clock kickoff time. We'll be back in a moment. Jimmy Luck scheduled to join us, the head equipment manager. We'll get into what the Jags will wear this Sunday and a little talk about number changes for the Jaguars and number rules on jerseys. Uh, One oddity this week for the Jacksonville Jaguars. A little bit later, we'll play Big Game Jaguar as well. This is Jaguars Happy Hour presented by the Fields Auto Group on the Jaguars Digital Network. You can step up to luxury now. Hello, I'm Dan Fields. Whatever you're driving, you can step up to luxury now. Plus, get our Fields amenities, which include complimentary loaners, car washes, and our cafes. Make this your year to step up to luxury at Fields Cadillac, Mercedes-Benz, Porsche, Land Rover, Jaguar, and Lexus. When it comes to the ultimate car buying experience, there's only one name that matters. Fields. And Fields matters because you matter. The Fields Auto Group, proud partners of your Jacksonville Jaguars. Committed to the team. Committed to the mission. At Navy Mutual, we're committed to providing high-quality life insurance to members of the military and their families. So our policies have no fine print and no military service restrictions. We don't work on commission. We're nonprofit, so we pass the savings along to our members. 
Because at Navy Mutual, our highest commitment is to you. Visit NavyMutual.org. Navy Mutual, ensuring those who serve. The wait for the holidays is over, America. It's time to make some joy. And we're here to help with the Ford Built for the Holidays sales event. We're offering the best deals of the season across the Ford lineup, so you can road trip with the whole family comfortably in a Ford Expedition. Bring home a tree that's bigger than you ever have with a built Ford Tough F-150. And find new ways to make the holidays bright this year when you visit your local Ford dealer. The joy is up to you, America, so let's get to it. Ford, built for the holidays. Jaguars Happy Hour is presented in part by DreamFinders Homes, homes that fit your lifestyle. Next Grill, everyone's invited. And Adeco. Visit adecousa.com. Happy Hour presented by the Fields Auto Group on a Wednesday afternoon. The Jaguars headed to Baltimore to face the Ravens this Sunday in Week 15. J.P. Shadrick, Bucky Brooks. John Osier, the Jaguars this year, by the way, guys, have 79 players that have played. That is the most in the National Football League. That means just played on the field this year. It is the most in franchise history since 1995 to now. And it's the second most in that time frame in league history. The Dolphins had 84 players play in the 2019 season last year. So uh, with an addition this week, if they have a, a guy or two come up and play for the first time, they'll just keep adding to that total. But 79 players have played, and that makes head equipment manager Jimmy Luck a busy man. And he joins us now from TIAA Bank Field. Jimmy, what's up, man? That's a lot of players rolling through. Yeah, it's uh, definitely uh, 2020, you know, uh, with all the different uh, – COVID list and IR return and things like that. Yeah, we've got a lot more players around um, than we normally have. I think you said 79 have played, but I think we actually have like 85 maybe on our roster, counting wow. IR. That's a that's a lot. And that, that also kind of runs into, uh, you know, there's only a limited amount of jersey numbers, right, for these guys. Quentin Meeks rolled out there on Sunday wearing number five at cornerback. And there are league rules about what numbers can be used at certain positions. Why was Meeks able to run out there with a number five as a corner? Well, again, going back to all that, what we just talked about with all the different lists and, and things. Um, so the, the league has given uh, some exemptions this year because uh, we've kind of been hit kind of hard uh, with injuries at the cornerbacks, DB position. And uh, you basically just run out of numbers. Um, so we had some single digits. You have to um, basically ask the league permission to get an exemption. And uh, I kind of thought we would run into this problem earlier, but we've been, you know, lucky enough not to. And then we finally caught up with us this week here. And uh, just that was kind of what I had open. And, you know, I, I hate it, you know, but he kind of looks like an option quarterback out there. Um, you know, he's, he's very athletic and, you know, so it kind of looks funny. Um, but uh, it, it happens in the preseason occasionally. Um, the one thing that's different about the rule now is in the preseason, you can have double numbers, having two guys wearing a number. But I guess for like film and some of that other stuff, they're not letting us have it uh, now during the season. So 
Uh, so you'll get maybe an anomaly like that. I think there's a few other teams that, that have, are close to doing it if they haven't already. Bucky, of course, that's one we see in college all the time where you got single-digit defensive linemen and, you know, there are no <laughs> rules. Just, just roll them out there. I mean, I do like that. I like I like the single digits. I think it does give it a little bit of a college ten. I, I, do the coaches complain when when it comes down to that? When you see guys in single digits, or do they they don't care? They're just trying to get guys on the field. I wonder. I don't, I, I couldn't hear you there, Bucky. I don't know if that was me or if that was you there. Uh, so I'll act like yeah. yeah the, that's the, a great the question. question. Yeah, no. <laughs> the, the question, Jimmy, was um, does do the coaches worry about all the jersey number changers they just worried about getting players 11 guys on the field at one time no they they don't they don't care what what number people are how they look you know any of that they just want them out there now obviously my job is to make sure that they look good and all that stuff and you know you want it to look normal and you know uh but like i said it's it's 2020 and that's kind of how everything has gone this year unfortunately John, there uh, is a bit of a weather situation in Baltimore right now. Uh, freezing rain, snow, but uh, should be cleared up up there, John. So that this time of year, up in that area, it can be an issue. But, John, it feels like it's going to clear out at least by Sunday. So that's good news for Jimmy. It'd be awesome for me. Uh, rain, <laughs> snow, whatever, Jim. I mean, <laughs> yeah, it's all you, baby. Don't care. He's like, yeah. <laughs> it's I mean, even if I was going, I'd be in the press box. So that would still be fine. Hey, right. I, I had one question for Jimmy. If, if it got down to the point that you're out of numbers, would they make you use a, quote, retired number, like 82 or 71? Preferably 71, because I want to see somebody take Pacelli's place. Um, no, I don't think we would do that. We would just probably have to take a number from an IR guy. Um, you know, somebody gotcha. that's hurt and, and not coming back this year. Um, but you know, you, you run into things like that now where like CJ Henderson, I'm not going to take his number. He's going to be here. He's a first round pick, he, you know, so we can't really gotcha. do some of that. So you kind of get stuck in some of that where you have to go down and, and, and do that. So, but yeah, it would be, uh, and it might be fun to see 71 running around out there. <laughs> it might be. <laughs> hey, and by the way. Right, I'd like to just see yeah, him. I hadn't 71. seen him in forever, so I'd like to just see him. <laughs> so, hey, uh, for the record, though. Yeah. Eh. Eh. You're good. <laughs> okay. So, for the record, though, the Jaguars do not have any officially retired jerseys, right, Jimmy? But there are certain numbers that are you keep out of circulation, let's say. Yeah, like pretty much like if your number's on the stadium in there, I'm not giving that number out. Um, you're going to have to beat it out of me. Uh, but there's a few others that, you know, I try not to issue. Um, and for the most part, it's pretty easy to do that with a couple here and there. But when we run into a situation like we are now, yeah, it gets pretty tight. But right. I can I probably, uh, as long as I'm here, you won't see 71 out there or 28, um, 8, you know, so 82. About 32, Mojo. Uh, we've got mm. a practice squad guy in it right now. Um, mm. And that was one of those things where we had to, to do it. I, was, I didn't want to, but we did. Um, also, there's not a, not a 51 or a 63. So I kind of hold okay. those for those guys as well. 
It's a Pazlesny and Meester, uh, the last two to wear yeah. those. And and Bucky, make sure Mojo hears about that, please. That'd be great. No, absolutely not. I don't want to get that. And I would tell him that I think <laughs> twenty-two should actually be the one that they kind of put away, from, they can uh, let thirty-two uh, get back into so. regular rotation. You know. <laughs> So uh, Bucky's telling us, Jimmy, that 22 should be the number that's out of circulation. That's his old number. But you know. I'll, I'll make it. I did I, honestly, Bucky. I apologize. I didn't know that. So I will. Uh, I'll work on that this off season. Jimmy, let's get to the business of Sunday. What will the Jaguars wear in Baltimore this week at M&T Bank Stadium in Week 15? All right. Besides, probably some uh, thermals underneath. We will wear um, <laughs> the, the white jerseys because we're on the road. We got Tyler Shatley there, my guy. And Very then cool. we'll go with uh, black pants. Very nice. White over black for the Jaguars in Baltimore. And yes, bring out the thermals. The high is about 45 degrees on Sunday, Jimmy. So you're going to have to pack heavy, it sounds like. Well, as Florida guys, yeah, that's pretty chilly for us. That's really chilly. Uh, right now is chilly for us outside. Uh, great stuff, Jimmy, as always. Appreciate you. We'll talk to you again next week. All right. Appreciate it. Thanks, guys. Jimmy Luck out of here to go retire the number 22 jersey real quick. We're back in a moment. We'll play big game Jaguar. It's Jaguars Happy Hour presented by the Fields Auto Group on the Jaguars Digital Network. Step up to luxury now. Hello, I'm Dan Fields. Whatever you're driving, you can step up to luxury now. Plus, get our Fields amenities, which include complimentary loaners, car washes, and our cafes. Make this your year to step up to luxury at Fields Cadillac, Mercedes-Benz, Porsche, Land Rover, Jaguar, and Lexus. When it comes to the ultimate car buying experience, there's only one name that matters. Fields. And Fields matters because you matter. The Fields Auto Group, proud partners of your Jacksonville Jaguars. Dreamfinders Homes has a simple commitment to their home buyers. Deliver unsurpassed quality, uncompromising value, and an extraordinary level of customization you simply won't find with other home builders. With over 40 communities to choose from, you'll find a location you love and the home of your dreams. Dreamfinders has townhomes, single-family homes, and custom estate homes starting from the high 100s and a wide selection of move-in ready homes. Quality, value, customization, that's the Dreamfinders difference. Call 904-738-0165 or online at dreamfindershomes.com. Dreamfinders Homes, the official home builder of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Prices subject to change without notice equal housing opportunity the best thing about working at fair and farrah is all of the employees we all work together it's extremely enjoyable to come to work every day there's a, um, a common cause or goal no matter what your job is we're all there for the client we are dedicated to our clients 100 percent we do everything it takes to maximize the value of their claims fair and fair is really the farrah family when they choose us they choose a family to fight for them and to protect them and to make sure that they're in a good place and that they have somebody on their side farrah and farrah here for you, here for good, Jacksonville. Welcome back, Jaguars Happy Hour, presented by the Fields Auto Group. We're heading down the home stretch of the 2020 season, but you can still check out Jags at Home each Sunday. It's an interactive second screen experience on game day. With Ashlyn Sullivan and Eric Dunn, and each Sunday you'll have a chance to win 10,000 bucks in cash 
Oh, and some prizes thrown in there, too. Visit jagsathome.com for more on how you can play and you can win. J.P. Shadrick, Bucky Brooks, John Osier. The Jags have dropped 12 in a row, but it is time now to play Big Game Jaguar. We will pick a Jaguar to have a big game against the Ravens this Sunday. John Osier, why don't you start us off this week since you're pumping your fist? I'm winging it again, Buck. Yeah. I'm all in. Yeah. I'm all in on the yeah. stash. It's back. Oh, Minshew Mania. Big game Jaguar. I don't know if he's ever going to have another big game again, but this one is it. Somehow, he's going to get outside the pocket, off schedule stuff. DJ Chark, big game. This is a Hail Mary, Buck. I don't know if I believe it or not. It's the one shot. Big game Jaguar, the stash. Gardner Minshew, the, thir- the, the second. Not the third, not his son, the second. <laughs> what a pick. What I mean, a pick. Why, Bucky, why, can why you not? follow that one up? Why not? He just saw Baker Mayfield throw for a million yards against the Ravens. They play similar styles. Maybe, just maybe, Gardner Minshew could come up with one. I'm going to go on the defense side of the ball, and I'm going to say Joe Schobert has to have a big game because it is all about the Ravens running attack. It's about finding a way to slow down Lamar Jackson and company. He is going to have to play a big role, a big part in slowing down this run game. Let's see if he can plug those gaps and make some hits at the line of scrimmage. You cannot let Lamar Jackson get loose on the second level. And I'm going to stick with you on the defensive side there, Bucky, and go with Miles Jack, Jaguars linebacker. He's a guy that can flash and make a big play and get a takeaway, a forced fumble, something like that. He always, or not, well, a lot of times in his career has had some big moments like that, we know, of course. He could use a handful of those this week. So I'm going with Miles Jack to have a big game as part of that linebacker group alongside Joe Schobert. But um, there we have it. The uh, big game Jaguars are in for this week. I've got Miles. Bucky has Schobert. And John Osier is going with Gardner Minshew II. All in. Ooh. All in. All in. The Jags trying to snap a 12-game skid. And uh, it's tough, obviously. And then next week, the Bears come to town. And then they finish up with the Colts. So the uh, the stretch run here, John, is is upon us now. Three games to play in what has been an awfully disappointing season. Yeah, I mean, it, it's, uh, you know, I've been impressed for the most part until last week with how they played after the bye. Toughest part of their schedule. These guys fought. They gave themselves a chance. I don't sense that'll happen on Sunday. I, I think the desperation of the matchup is too tough for Baltimore. But uh, last two weeks, we'll see. What do you think, Bucky? What's your gut? Well, my gut tells me that the Baltimore understand that they, can't, they have to win out. And so they're going to bring a level of urgency that is typical of a playoff team. And so for the Jaguars, it's not only meeting that urgency, it's meeting that physicality. For the Jags to win, Garner Minshew is going to have to play out of his mind. He's going to have to have one of those games that we talk about 10, 15, 20 years from now. He is going to have to put on a remarkable performance. Maybe, maybe he can dig in the bag and pull out a little magic. But we're going to have to see because that's what it's going to take. It's going to take a Herculean effort from him. We'll see what happens this Sunday. Uh, Well done, guys. Great show. Thanks to everybody back in the studio. Joe Fortunato, Brent Reber. For Bucky Brooks and John Osier, I'm J.P. Shadrick. The Jaguars and the Ravens coming up Sunday. 
and we'll catch you next time. It's Jaguars Happy Hour presented by the Fields Auto Group on the Jaguars Digital Network.